0: look at that. It's episode four already. Well, it kind of goes fast when you launch the first four episode at the same time. But still, I'm really excited to share with you the conversation I had with NG Garden a couple of weeks ago already. A little backstory, NG and I are part of the same business group on Facebook. At one point, I was telling one of the co-founder of the group about my struggle with And then he said, have you met Angie yet? Are you part of her free group online? And of course, I didn't know her. So I kind of joined the group and that's how we connected. Angie helps 40 plus women who have had enough of feeling stuck and lost to get their life back from menopause using holistic and natural practices that are fast, effective, and doable. So, of course, it was a no-brainer to invite it to come to the show. And stay tuned at the end of the episode because this is when I will share all the ways that you can connect with Angie. Now, your mission, should you choose to accept it this week, is to listen to the podcast, pick one of the amazing tips, practical tips, that Angie shares with us and commit to do it for 30 days. If you want to do it with me with others go to the show notes and find the link to the Facebook post I created so we can all support each other. So enough of my rambling here's the conversation. Enjoy! So today on the podcast, I'm really excited because I will be having a conversation with Angie Garten. And I'm really really excited because we connected online. We're part of the same kind of group of business owners that are working uh, in uh, some groups. And we met there and I am really excited because she has a group all about menopause and doing it naturally. And we started to have this conversation around what she does and I asked her to be on the podcast because obviously it's a natural fit you know and so (laughs) I wanted to say thank you for being on the podcast and wanting to have this conversation with me and with us with the listeners as well.
1: Thanks for having me on I'm always honored to be invited on these things but especially so because because it's you it's a friend and it's it's fairly new as well for you and um to be invited on so early that's quite cool yeah actually
0: you'll be in the first I think in the first few episodes that will release so yeah you're yeah it's really really brand new like you said (laughs) yes exactly (laughs) get my
1: words in early
0: (laughs) exactly you'll be first the 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 part of the first few that will be on so I think it's It's even more important to get these conversations started or at least continues because and we talked about that before of not having a voice or not having enough voice that actually talk about it. And that's why I feel it's important to have different opinion. And the fact that you want you concentrate your business as well on doing it naturally. It opens up a lot more opportunities for everyone that's going through perimenopause to try something concrete, I feel, and to have an impact right away in their life or try it out at least.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And doing it naturally, I always have to say, you know, it doesn't mean that not doing it, doing it unnaturally, not doing it naturally, whatever the opposite is. I'm not saying, oh, no, you're not You're not in by conversation. You're not allowed to join in. It's not like that. I'm very inclusive, but also trying to broaden the idea around what, what is doing it naturally, like you say, open up these conversations and what, what is doing it naturally, like getting away from taking a box of pills from the chemist, some herbs of random assortments from the, from the, from what I call the pick and mix adult shops from the local health stores that, that sell us these things. Um, And yeah, I've got quite strong views on that, that I don't mind sharing. And, (laughs) and getting away from that being menopause done naturally, get away from all of that false marketing around it, which is essentially what it is and bring it back to in here, what's going on in here, science wise. And also on a higher level phase as well, like best self. That's what it really is about.
0: Cool. I like that. So I wanted to talk first about how you got to follow this road of menopause, because I know that before you were a personal coach and you were working with nutrition as well. Mm -hmm. How did the evolution to working with people that are actually going through perimenopause happen in your life?
1: Mm. yeah that's a good question it's it's fairly random and even you know going back further than that I didn't leave school and become a personal trainer it wasn't like some people do but that wasn't me I I was in the science world for uh many many years as a wildlife scientist wow Uh, uh, yeah yeah It, it was uh quite a move it was quite a a big sideways leap to go from from that working in wildlife rehabilitation and uh, research in the field for for people doing their PhD projects and and government projects and things. I was the one in the in the field collecting all the raw data and stuff for everyone in in the in the offices to then look at on their spreadsheets. Uh, so I got to do the fun bit. But that gave me the science grounding and, and, and all of that good stuff. Um but I came across massive leap sideways yes. into the personal training um because I I was bored essentially. I needed more for myself, I needed more challenge. Um financially it just was not <laughs> it could not I couldn't stay in that job anyway. Um it wasn't giving me what I needed. Um Becoming a personal trainer opened up, and nutrition coaching as well, opened up so many doors for me personally and showed me what was possible, which was kind of what led me on to um, join in um, what used to be called the uh, the TA, Territorial Army. But moving on from that and then creating... like. a a smaller step sideways and creating this space, this resource for women to help themselves and through their own sort of transition, like I'd gone through a massive transition personally, professionally, uh, but we go through this same massive transition slowly, but as part of perimenopause and and menopause, even postmenopause, it's it's for a lot of women, the changes don't stop at ending periods. It's not like, Oh, everything's fine now. For many women, yes. <laughs> there's, there's still, still those changes happening. So, um, I was very aware with my PT clients, um, that I, I was kind of letting them down, to be honest. I felt shit about that because they were coming to me to, to most of the time to lose weight, to feel better about themselves was really what it was about. They wanted more confidence in themselves. And for most of the time that meant I need to be smaller. I need to be skinny. I need to be thin. I need to get in the smaller jeans and the, and the dresses needs to be smaller and all that kind of stuff. And, and me being in that gym environment, I was part of the problem. Because I was selling that. I was selling that exercise is the answer that, that getting on the treadmill, lifting the weights is going to make you happier. It is going to make you smaller. It is going to help you to feel better about yourself. And I got uncomfortable with that. And I also <laughs> got uncomfortable with the fact that removing that aside, <laughs> trying to, then just the fact that they're giving me money to help them achieve something that they were really focused on. And for some women, it really did not work. And for some women, it really did work. And I'm in the middle, like what's going on? I know these women, these people around me are very, very focused. They know what they want. It's not like they're inhaling pork pies around the corner when they leave the gym, <laughs> <laughs> and they know what they're doing. And and, and I'm they, not asking they want them, to do it, yeah. They want Probably to do yeah. it, yeah. And and, and it would just, the whole thing just started to feel very shit. It started to eat away at me. And at the same time, this word, perimenopause, was becoming more of a thing. It was becoming, it was sort of starting to creep in. We're talking about, uh, about 2014 now. Okay. So I was um, in, still in a gym environment at that stage and um i i for some reason this i'm i'm not going to say it's coincidence because i don't believe that happens uh, i was presented with an opportunity to go on a course and online um here where i was at the time in in edinburgh and learn about hormonal balance for weight loss specifically for weight loss which was my big thing at at that time it's it's changed a lot since then obviously yeah um so i did this and it just it opened up more doors it was like going down a corridor and you're expecting to see one door opening off and actually there's 20 Hmm. And i'm like what the i had no idea and also i'm I'm in this, I thought I was helping my clients, but actually the more I'm learning at that at that stage in 2014, the more I'm reading, the more I'm researching, the more books I read, the more um, clinicians and experts I start to follow and, and get their advice on, the more I'm realising this is relevant for me right now in mm. my mid-30s at that stage. and And that was quite a shock as well. So I was... The whole thing of, of menopause done naturally came about because I was trying to help my clients better and then suddenly realizing, oh my God, I am my client. I need to be my client right now. Yeah. And, and that's, that's where it all began.
0: So you, so you actually looked into yourself because you wanted to prepare for this period or you knew that you were already experiencing some of the form of the symptoms that were happening for perimenopause. menopause?
1: It was more about preparation. Yeah, more about preparation. I was noticing some changes. Um, not that it would be on a checklist as, yes, you are going through perimenopause. Yeah. I was noticing, because I'm very in tune with myself and always have been, I was noticing a few little shifts around um, my my body shape was different, slightly different than than it had been um my my phase has changed um my my cycle had shifted a little bit mm. in duration in length um so very very minor changes um but i was definitely aware of it but it was mostly for me about preparation and suddenly being presented with, you know, menopause being the change, as we over yeah. here in the UK would always refer to it as, as being something way over in the distance for when you're in your 50s. I don't need to think about it. Don't need to worry about it until then. And all of a sudden somebody's brought it up here and I'm going, yeah. oh, okay, right. Yeah. Let's do something about this then.
0: Yeah. And and I think that it's important what you're saying because in here, it's the same thing, you know, we don't talk about it, the, the, the conversation is not happening, even our doctors are not even trying to prepare us for what's happening, you know, mm. I mean, you know, you know, you need to start thinking about that, because that will start to happen, probably because most of them don't know how to diagnosis and most of them are still giving away pills for depression. When most yeah. people, when oh, you know, yeah. when most people going through perimenopause are not even—it's part of the symptoms, you know—but it's not—it's not because they don't know how to diagnose this and they don't know how to look at hormonal uh, uh, differences and how it impacts our health. So, so by seeing that and as you're saying it, I, I'm recognizing that you know, nobody talked about me. You know, my doctor mm-hmm. is not saying well, you're almost 40, you know, I'm way past that. But, you know, it's like, mm, you should start thinking about these things because it mm. will be happening soon, you know? So yeah. I think it's important that you're saying it, that preparation is essential, but it's also talking about it right away because it's coming, you know, it yeah. is coming.
1: Yeah, and not waiting for those symptoms to come. And And this is another thing, you you you're taking me down a rabbit hole none of us are getting out alive here so here we go the the symptom thing just uh, it it really pisses me off because we talk about it as it's a disease and in some some ways it can be classified as a disease which i am strongly against yeah i know that it can feel like we're ill and for some people the symptoms, the problems, the struggles they'll present with it, it will feel like an illness and it can be as debilitating as an illness. Yeah. But if we continually refer to it as symptoms, and if we continually wait for those struggles to, to come, to be recognized by a doctor, by a physician, by a GP, by somebody in a, in a white coat, in a clinic with a, with a piece of paper, with lists of, your hormone levels saying what's normal what's wrong what's a problem what shouldn't be there and this this narrative around it of loss and decline and and the only way that we can solve it is through a clinic perspective yeah i think we distance ourselves immediately and very it's it's making it even worse it makes it part of the problem we're not helping ourselves but I, I understand how we've got to this point. But when we continually talk about it in this way, I think we are missing a huge part of how we can prevent this in the first place and deal with it in a much better way.
0: And I and I like that. I really like that. And I I, and I know that I always, for our listeners, I always have our uh, guests fill out a form before. And one of the things you said there is that a lot of your clients were coming to you and they thought that they had a major like illness mm. coming on. You know, yeah. I actually thought I had a brain tumor. <laughs> That's where I went. Mm. But having uh, Alzheimer's and, you know, all sorts of other illness that are really, really bad would say you know bad for 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 lack of a better word right now but you know that can really take a toll on someone and you're like oh no my god this is where i'm going and then Mm. having to go through the process of going to the doctor because you're pretty sure that something exactly very worse is happening and and then just finding out that it's just a natural part of our lives you know yeah we don't want to face on usually Mm
1: yeah we don't want to face it uh, uh, who who wants to be told that the you know the the problems that they're going through are because of our age that's that's not that's not the greatest greatest answer is it own <laughs> uh it's it's still in many respects regarded as quite an insult if if i start a conversation with somebody who hasn't first come to me. If I start up a conversation about menopause, it it can be seen as quite insulting. So um, I have to approach that in a very sensitive way. And I don't randomly go out and talk to strangers (laughs) about about their hormonal (laughs) status. It doesn't always happen like that. Um, But yeah, yeah, there is this. I think it highlights many things about how we approach health in general, not just menopause and perimenopause and the, the brain issues that can stem off from Mm. that. I think it it can highlight the way that we do for whatever reasons I'm not going to go into, we do look upon the, the hospital world, the, the clinical, the clinical aspects of it to try and help us and yeah. We do need that. Of course we do. If that didn't exist, we'd all be up shit creek anyway, wouldn't yeah. we? So we need that. I'm not about to deal away with that at all. Um, so, so grateful that we've got the NHS in this country. It's one of the, one of the best things we've, we've done for ourselves and, and hanging on to that is just fantastic. Yeah. But also we do need to appreciate what we can do for ourselves. And that's the problem. It's not, this isn't, common knowledge the stuff that i help my clients with is often one client said she felt like she was just discovering america she was discovering things about herself that she had no idea was there before there's there's been people that have said to me why didn't why wasn't i aware of this why didn't people tell me about this why was this hidden from me yeah and there's so many different reasons for that and and one of the major ones being that that it has been our our own body has been hidden from us for so long because of the research has focused on male uh, brains and male bodies for so so much and many other reasons. Um, but yeah, I've totally gone off the point now and <laughs> lost lost your original question, but. <laughs> But no, that... <laughs> and,
0: and it's okay because that's where I want to you know the conversation to lead of you know just talking about it, I think just makes sense for everyone as well,
1: yeah there's there's so I think that's there's so much that I can say about this sometimes I like just spray the the words out and you'll get like hit by random stuff, some of it will be useful, some of it won't just take what you need and discard yeah. the rest. it's fine, it's all good <laughs> but um yeah, I think. I think where I was going with it was mainly this we do as women, and I know that that term isn't always useful itself, but yeah. we are more prone to things like uh, dementia and anxiety, depression. A lot of these brain issues, these struggles that we can, we can get are pretty common. And there are so many overlaps between. What can be classed as perimenopause and and what can be its own brain issue in its own right? And there's overlaps between that and life that gets in the way for many different reasons and piles on top of it and top of it. And then we've got this issue that we have so much of our own body unexplored, unknown. Mm -hmm. um, And we're, we have this weird concept that we've grown up as, as health in this country as being all about. Um, eat less, move more, five fruit and veg a day and, uh, 10,000 steps a day. Um, yeah. And the, that's kind of grown over the decades, but, um, that has been kind of it. <laughs> and, and that's, that's seen as the, the, the pyramid, the foundations for building your health from. But when it comes to brain health, hormonal issues, perimenopause, that's not good enough. It's it's not it's not that it's not enough in terms of you're going to have to eat even less you're going to have to move even more you're going to have to you know eat even more of the of the fruit and the veg it's not that in in those terms but we need to be more specific we need to understand what's going on in here more and in here more and relate it back to the whole rather than trying to yeah. split it up into hospital departments I think that's that's our key, really.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Turning internally and not always looking for external. I know that sometimes it, you don't have a choice, uh, but but yes, absolutely. I think it, it makes a total sense, total sense. Mm-hmm. Um, what would you say are things that someone could start doing right away that would... At least that they can try out because I know that not everything will work for everyone. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of where I want to lead this conversation around perimenopause of you have to find what works for you. You know, you're nobody's experiencing the same life and have the same idea. But at the same time, there are ways I think that we can all get a lot from it with different Mm -hmm. little pieces that we can add up. So mm-hmm. I wanted to get your take on this because I know that you talk a lot about that in your group and some some Facebook group and we'll share the link later. Don't worry, you'll find a way to reach out to, to Engie there. Uh, but you share about that and some small things that we can do on a daily basis to help us. So I wanted to get your take on it, and I know that you also have a daily routine and some daily practices that you do. So I want to expand on that as well, if you if you want to.
1: Cool. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll be here for three yeah. hours. And that's just- good.
0: I like that's perfect. We can have two <laughs> podcast episodes. I'm good with that. <laughs> part one, part two.
1: <laughs> yeah. So what what can we do in terms of like. I'm very practical, so I'm often saying, what, what does that actually look like in a practical sense? What can yeah. I do about this? So thinking of menopause done naturally and helping helping the body as a whole, helping the brain, supporting my brain through these fairly dramatic uh, hormonal shifts and trying to ease myself into it so that I don't experience the the brain fog, the loss of words I that's one of the things that I get like what is what is that word again yes. and it, it can happen randomly in a in a phone conversation with a best friend it can happen randomly in the middle of a really important presentation yeah um, with a huge group of people where it's fairly stressful so it can be all sorts so supporting myself through this to to alleviate the pressure around that there are so many things that we can do. And like I said, at the beginning, getting away from it being, I need to take five milligrams of that, two of those a day, <laughs> you know, that's not menopause done naturally. We, we build foundations when we really do it properly and it's science evidence-based it's it's done properly. And then the the stronger the foundations, the better we can put like scaffolding on top of that which is more about an individual approach so the stuff at the bottom at that base layer are going to be things that are applicable for everyone so just a few of those hydration like water intake you know um how many of us get up in the morning and just put the kettle on or you know go and order a coffee And, you know, don't even think twice about that because you need the energy. You need that focus. You, you have got used to pressing that button that says, I get up in the morning, I have the coffee, I'm alert, I'm awake. I can deal with stuff and I'm (laughs) back, back on focus. I can do, I can do everything. Yeah. But there's, I'm not saying that's wrong. I'm not saying that's unhealthy. I'm not saying you have to stop doing that. But what if, as part of that foundational approach, before you did that, you had a pint of water first? Mm. That's doable. It's it's one of my, what I call daily doables. And, um, and, it,
0: and it's something that most, I, I would say, I'm the first one, some days I drink like crazy and some other days I only have one glass of water when I get breakfast in the morning and then I don't know why, but we kind of forget about it. So yeah, and I, I feel that there's a, yeah i feel different on the days that i have lots more water
1: yeah 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 brain fog everything i mean even if we go wider outside of outside of the, the brain conversation talking about health in general and heart disease in particular um dehydration has a massive influence on that we'll know immediately if if we've got a headache because of some kind of issue or if it's dehydration <laughs> if you just drink the water we'll be able to, you know, tick that box and solve it. (laughs) Yeah, it's true. And yeah, and and might save taking some aspirin, Tylenol, whatever, and and putting more pressure on the liver, more for your body to deal with, which creates other, other stresses and Mm. other issues. So yeah, that's a really easy one. Um, and, uh, next one we could do, we could, um, do some exercise and uh it makes me laugh when I'm kind of laughing at myself as as I as I say this, because the, the word exercise can mean so many different things. Mm. And coming back to what I said earlier, we've been brought up to to think of it as more is better. Mm. You know, you've got to go harder, you've got to go faster, you've got to go longer. It can't can't ever be, you know, easy. But the the truth is for us, for anyone going through perimenopause, We need a bit of both. We need the easy dog walks where you're just ambling along and looking at the sky and, you know, picking up the poos and just taking the time. (laughs) And then you need the hard stuff. You need to have the hot and sweaty workouts, which could be 15 minutes long. It doesn't have to be. An hour of sweating at the gym in a class, doing stuff that you hate, you know, 15 minutes at home without wearing Lycra, you know, wear your pajamas. It's fine. Yes. (laughs) So so there's, there's different ways to exercise, but we need that exercise for the brain, for, for helping with finding the words and (laughs) eliminating that brain Mm. fog. We need to get the blood flow. Basically that's, that's where it's helping and. I tend to find in the people who build this foundational approach, when we start with one thing, maybe it's the drinking the water, they're more likely to then want to do something else, like yeah. the the exercise, the different types of exercise which has been proven to help with the brain. And then they're more likely when they're making steps towards that, they're more likely to then think, okay, that's not so bad. What what else could I be doing what else, what else is on that offering? What is in, on that plate as an option for me? So it might be thinking about blood sugar balance, which is mm. a huge, huge topic, well-researched and, um, makes complete sense when we just, uh, leave the science out of it and don't even have to talk about the published studies when we talk about balancing blood sugar and eating foods that support the brain um in, in that respect. So we're 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 not talking about diets, we're not even talking about keto or any of that stuff. Oh, no, please. Yes. no, 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 no. It's let's not go there. <laughs> <laughs> no don't, more... no
0: extremes no extremes for sure exactly
1: yeah yeah, yeah. And, and then it's like okay what what does it look like in a practical sense i'm always asking that question what does this look like practically okay so breakfast what what am i having now how can i make it more of that hormonally helpful to help my brain how can, how am i going to do that so for many women for, for many people, really, the whole, the whole world has been brought up on cereal and toast, yeah. orange juice. Uh, so varying forms of that. We've, we've had that for, for so, so long. It's become normal, but it's absolute rubbish. It's absolute crap. So, <laughs> but for some people, one step away from that might be to uh, ditch the cereal and instead they're going to have, okay, they're going to have the toast, but they're going to have one slice of it and have some Mm. nut butter on it instead of jam. You know, that might be a little bit better. yeah It will be a little bit better. It's just making that one step improvement. Other people might go a little bit further and and ditch that entirely and go for leftovers from last night's meal or, or the day before. Yeah. Which includes different vegetables, eggs or fish or whatever it might be. Um, so, so these are really, they, they're pretty simple. They're not always easy to do, but they're really simple. And there's always a way of, of adjusting it to fit where mm. you are now to be able to make it work for your situation, whether you're, just at the beginning of making these changes or you've been doing it for a while there's always a way to to tweak it a little bit just to adjust and uh course correct where you're going with it and and always always very uh practical with with that it's it's got to be practical it's got to be workable for everyone to to do it because we don't do something for long enough if if it doesn't feel if if I've got to make a massive effort with it one day, I'm unlikely yeah. to make that work for the whole week, then I'm not going to get the benefit. I'm not going to get that feeling in my head that tells me it's working. It's still going to feel uh, an effort, a stress, a problem, and I'm going to go back to eating sandwiches every day and yeah. winding down with coffee and cake and wine and, you know, all of the stuff that the blood sugar balance is, is not, not helpful towards. <laughs>
0: yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And and I, I really like the fact that you're talking about the stress as well, because this is something you, you touched on in your, uh, in the form when you completed it and also seeing it now of sometimes we're always, go- we're already going through a change, which is stressful, you know, in itself. Trying to find ways to help each other or trying to even get up in the morning, you know, because sometimes you just don't want to get up in the morning Mm -hmm. and do your day. And then it's already stressful. And for some people, adding... Well, some people go to the extreme. I know I'm I'm in that kind of mind frame. I'm a perfectionist. It's kind of all or nothing, you know. And then I kind of trip myself up because it's harder for me to keep, like you said, to keep going. Mm, very you know? common. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So I think that by helping them focus, and what you're saying touches that of uh, do one little thing, you know. Mm. If you want to, just focus on drinking more water every day. Mm. And then you will see a difference, but it's not adding them up right away and saying, I need to drink more. I need to change my diet. I need to exercise. I need to, I, I'm, I'm, you know, <laughs> I'm stressed just thinking about it. I know. You know
1: it's very overwhelming when we think of all that can be done to help ourselves. Yeah. On the one hand, it's really exciting. It's brilliant that we've got all of these options before I even go to the GP and, and ask for an appointment. I've got yeah. so many different things I could do to help myself. And at the same time, oh my God, how exactly. am I going to do this? You know, I have got, you know, a husband, well, I have a, might well, have a husband who needs this, three children who need that, I've got to yeah. make four separate meals. The dog's just crapped on the carpet you know, the goldfish, goldfish tank is changing, you know, all these different things. And my diary's full. And now you're asking me to go out outside and walk barefoot on the lawn. And, you know, I totally understand. But yeah. some people are going to just, yeah, shut down completely. So it has to be one thing at a time. Yeah. There's no other way forward. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. The mental charge
0: is like already up here very, very high, because we have a lot going on already in our lives, you know, the business and if people have families and husband and partners and ex-husband and ex-partners, you know, all of that, mm. that bring on a stress already. And then we have to change ourselves because part of the conversation I want to have as well as that it changes our identity as mm. well. Going through that, there's a lot of things that I used to be able to do that I cannot do anymore, or I cannot do the same way before. And it's taking a toll also on that of, okay, oh my God, what's happening Mm. to me? I cannot, I just cannot work today. I just cannot work, but I still have client work to do. And I still have other things to do. And I know that some days I should be focusing on self-care. But I still have all these obligations that I still mm. have to go through. So trying to push myself to actually do them and then being even more frustrated because I just cannot do them. Yeah. And then it, it,
1: that knocks on to, sorry to interrupt. It just makes me think okay. of confidence. There's the number of women who say to me, I feel like I'm losing myself and yeah. I'm not as confident as I was. I don't know where it's gone to, but I don't have that self esteem that i used to have and this is this is exactly it this is where it can come from it's not just about the hormones directly it's not just about what the lab reports telling us mm. is going on in here it's what it means for us when we get that that feeling that things are shifting and i can't do the things as quickly or as efficiently or in maybe not in the same way that i used to do and I have to change that to get the same outcome. Yeah. Of course, that's going to affect confidence. Of course, it's going to affect my sense of identity. It's it's going to shift and it's going to change relationships within myself and who I think I am. Yeah. And, and take that to other relationships as well. Yeah, it's big.
0: I like the fact that you're saying that. Take it to other relationships because and we talked about that with Kitty in the other episode of uh, it ripples everywhere around us
1: it does yeah
0: just, just like you said having to create two different meals <laughs> you no know? because at one yeah. point someone is eating a lot of meat, you know, and you don't want to say, well, you're not eating meat anymore, because you know, I'm not, (laughs) or you cannot have brownies, because well, I'm not having some anymore. (laughs) So it does have also a lot of stress there, because other people are reacting as well and changing as well, inside of this relationship.
1: Yeah, potentially. Yeah, I have several... People going through their perimenopause journey and also have people in their household, in their family, going through their own hormonal journey as adolescents. Yes. So you get this butting of heads, literally, sometimes of of ideas and wants to and has to and needs to. Uh, and all of the thoughts and the emotions (laughs) around that yeah and when we talk about what does this look like in a practical sense what am I going to do about it yeah that's even more of a of an encouraging encouragement on my part to go for it one one stage at a time and and everybody's one stage at a time will look different as well Yes. Like for you, it might be one extra glass of water a day, whereas for somebody else, it might be three extra glasses mm. or half half a glass. You know, it's it's very different. And we can take that approach to anything from water to food to exercise to the way that we talk about ourselves, um, getting outside and um, feeling connection to nature. There's, there's so many different aspects of that, yeah. trying to tone down that feeling of overwhelm because that will kill it all that will just immediately creates that cortisol sort of overbearing output that then yeah. floods the whole body and just has this cascade of, of stress hormones which do not do us any favors when it comes to focus but no absolutely
0: <laughs> and one thing i didn't realize i i don't know where i was reading this a couple of weeks ago but our body kind of goes into fight flight mode and we don't even recognize this of, okay, this is coming up, but I'm either fighting it or I'm trying to get away from it or mm-hmm. I'm crashing in front of it and knowing that being aware as well, as well as this, because one of the things you said in the form is that when you forget a word, you try not to stress about it. Yeah. Because stressing about it brings it even to another level entirely of oh my god, I do- I cannot forget any words. I cannot forget any words because how would I look in front of this whole crowd if I forget something, you know? And by bringing that stress on top of everything else, it's it's a rolling, you know, wheel that is just never stopping.
1: Mm. Yeah, it really is. It can be tricky to, to reverse that. Sometimes mm. we have to just keep going forward and, and let that play out. I've got different, different ways of helping people do that, but yeah, it's, it can be, uh, when we find ourselves in that moment of fight, flight, freeze, nothing else matters in that moment. Yeah. You, you can't meditate that away right in that, in that moment. And your focus has gone from work to survive and survive might be winning an argument or, you know, it could be any number of things or need to find my glasses or whatever it is in that moment. Yeah. Fight, flight, freeze takes over completely. And and there's no amount of talking yourself through that that's going to help. So, for for one, it's about knowing how to get yourself out of that when you find yourself in it. Because so yeah. often, it's it's something that we don't always see. Could call it like rumble strips. You don't always see the rumble strips that you're getting closer to five flight <laughs> freezing. Oh, yeah, you suddenly you're in it. But if we're aware of it and we see the giveaway signs first, we can take another route and divert. And, and go around that and the, the skills to that definitely um, but it all it all has an impact on what the brain's doing for sure
0: yeah as as much as we talk about that and we get into having these conversation i'm seeing how much impact it has even just and i know we talked about symptoms before but each of the little parts taken by themselves adds up to a lot of things when you think about it and not everyone has the big forgetfulness and the big brain fog and you know some already have, some only have small impacts right now Mm. but we never know how it's going to evolve or if Mm. it's ever going to evolve and that's what we were talking to when I was talking to kitty it was the same thing it's like I don't know what tomorrow will be like I might be super into it today and I might be super productive and super focused and present in everything I do. And then tomorrow I can get up and be the total opposite of never knowing what's happening.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I think that the way to to start to address that is not not waiting for the – the earlier we act, the earlier we mm. put – some of these preventative things in to help ourselves the better, but it's also never too late either to start, to start to, to make that one change, to make, make that one simple thing that doable, to make it a daily doable, even if it's just one thing and to, to get over the voice in your head that says that's not enough. Because it's lying, basically. <laughs> it's no, just it's your true. Ego. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yes. And, and at that point, like you said, it's like it's not enough. But when you're into it and you're really down the rabbit hole, you know, of not being able to get up or not being able to focus that day or not being able to show up as you want to show up, that's when the ego kind of, yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Remember me.
1: <laughs> so yeah. <it's> like- <laughs> Yeah, so sometimes it is about you know stay in that hole, stay in bed, feel shit about yourself for a while. Mm. That's okay. Yeah, don't feel the shame around that. I wouldn't want anyone to think, you know, you've got to put on a brave face around this, because I am all about reality, <laughs> all yeah. about it. So it's it's about being truthful in in uh, in the real terms. It's about being honest with ourselves with with how we feel, and honest with ourselves about what we can do about that in that moment, not just I feel shit and everything's going wrong. Today yeah. is not a good day, you know, right off the day. How many of us have said that, but <laughs> and being honest about that, it, it's kind of catastrophizes the the whole day or that whole week or that whole yeah. event thing that we're, we're struggling with. And then the honesty part comes in like, and and the ego can just. Take a side step away <laughs> when you bring yeah. the the honesty in and say, "Hang on a minute, what what could I do about this right now? What could I do to make myself just one degree feel a little bit better, just by one degree?" Because yeah. you know, maybe that's all I need today.
0: And I, I think what what you're talking about brings me back also to you know to up standards. Are you mm. actually? Comparing yourself as well, you know, of what is enough for me right now, and not what's enough for what society has in mind or what yeah. my partner has in mind or what my children have in mind as well, of taking it one day at a time and saying, Well, it's up to my standards today. And this is yeah. what, where I can go towards that as
1: well. I feel absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That makes me think of one of my favorite questions to ask people, or rather to, to ask them to ask themselves is is how I prefer to do it is what do I need right now? Yeah. What do I need? And removing, yeah, exactly that. Removing the focus from what do I think I need? Mm. What do I think they think I need? You know, all these different pressures that come on. And and like you were saying before, it comes back a little bit to that changing a perception of self, that identity, mm. the shifts that are, I haven't yet met anybody who hasn't felt this at some stage in their peri to post menopause journey and their and it, you know, cause it can last a, a decade. Yeah. or or more there's plenty of scope for it so i've not yet met anyone who hasn't felt some shift in themselves in some way about who they are what they're doing where they're going and what matters to them so mm. yeah there's there's massive shifts within each of when within that there's lots of conversations that we can have with ourselves around what what does matter to me what do i want and then when you're having those conversations of How could I feel 1% better about this situation, about this shitty thing that I've got myself Mm. involved in today? Uh, How do I, (laughs) how do I feel 1% better from this? And asking, you know, yourself, not right now, not your perception of Mm. self, who you should be. Like you were saying exactly that and having an acknowledgement that that has shifted. You're not 25 anymore, which is a great thing. You've got wisdom on your side now. Yeah. So let's use it.
0: No, absolutely. And the fact that I'm seeing more and more people talking about perimenopause earlier, and it's kind of opening up the conversation more as well, because like you said at the beginning, you know, it's not a 55-year-old, 60-year-old problem anymore, you know? Absolutely. It's like it's not... And I think that a lot more people are understanding the difference between menopause and Mm -hmm. the actual perimenopause of it, because not everyone know that menopause is actually the one year after not having your period, you know, it's Mm -hmm. a mark actually menopause. It's not what's happening before and what's happening after, which is where Mm -hmm. the big shifts are happening because just saying I'm in menopause, it's like, yay, you haven't had your period for a year, but you know, that's that's actually, you know, nothing to do with anything afterwards. When you think about it, really, yeah,
1: yeah. there's, yeah, I often describe it in in talks and workshops and things as, you know, menopause is one day. the 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 problems that we all talk about are before and after that. Menopause itself is not the problem. <laughs> exactly, it's, it's everything before and after.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah that we, exactly. That's what
1: we need to talk about. Yeah.
0: Yeah, And nobody actually talks about that. You know, mm. we we know we had comedian here talk about this period of life with the mood swings and everything. But at the same time, it seems that it hasn't, the conversation hasn't keep going of what everything that we can go through is just about, you know, the mood swings and the hot flashes mm. and not having your period anymore. And that's it. You know, mm. but that's so much more than that of redefining ourselves, yeah. and finding ways to be happy with ourselves, be proud of ourselves anyway, yeah. even if it's not in the image that we had before. I feel,
1: yeah, absolutely. I that reminds me of um, when people join my free community, the, the menopause done actually on on Facebook, I get them to answer three questions as I think you went through yourself yeah. just for me to find out really what they need help with and to make mm. sure that they're in the group for the right reasons. Cause you know, it's quite a big group. Well, it's almost a thousand now and you do yes. get some weird requests and we have had men before, uh, try to, to come in and you know, when I put my questions in as what, why do you want to join the group? What do you want to get from it? You know, what are your struggles? Um, when some, some guy comes in wanting to join and it says, because I like over 40s women or something, always a bit strange. Yeah. But it, <laughs> that's by the by, it did make me think of... Another one... way that
0: they can find, yeah, they can yeah, meet bit, women, yeah.
1: Bit bit odd, we did delete that one immediately. But there was one particular one that comes to mind more than that. And And her answer to those questions was that I, she said, I want to feel proud of myself. I want to feel proud of myself. And that made me quite sad. It made me quite emotional reading that because um, why are you not proud of yourself now? You know, not everybody has reached this age. Not everybody has the opportunity. And I get shouted down for this, but it is, it is a privilege to go through menopause naturally in natural way. Yeah. Not everybody has that opportunity to support themselves naturally, to support their own body and mind through it. And it, it's a big thing that we need to honor. And the, um, it doesn't need to be all serious and doom and gloom and you you know me I like to provide some light in there but if she's asking almost like asking for permission to be proud of herself Hmm. there's a problem in the system in our way of thinking around aging in general probably yeah that she is not already entitled to feel flipping proud of herself Hmm. you know that really it upsets me Yeah, really upsets me.
0: Yeah, there's a there's a view of people going through that phase, which is negative most of the time. Mm. I'm pretty sure that there are other culture where it's actually revered. And it's, it's a celebration of going through this phase. We had the We had a documentary here. Someone did a documentary on perimenopause and all of that. And she was interviewing different cultures and they were saying how it's actually a rite of passage and it's celebrated because it's, you have the kind of become the sage of the group. But for most of us, it's like, don't talk about it because you're getting older, which is not recognized. So I think it's it's trying to get more of that celebration, more of that sense yeah. of yeah, being proud. I guess yeah, that's yeah. a good way to putting it. Yeah,
1: and and we need to to show what that looks like. My my favorite thing, you know, what does that look like again? If we don't show what that looks like, if we don't embody that pride, mm. I, it doesn't. We don't need to go on marches down the street. You know, it, it's do your own thing around it. Do. Do it how you feel comfortable with it. But if we don't embody that way of feeling how we want to feel and and reclaiming this whole menopause thing, yeah. it will continue. We'll continue in the Western world to revere youth mm. as being the epitome of all that stands for productivity and... And wealth and abundance and all the rest of it. And it's just a load of crap. We all know really that when a woman comes into her forties, fifty years, then that's that's second spring. That's that's yeah. when she really becomes herself. So
0: that's no, true. I like that. Embody.
1: Yeah, mm. embody
0: that change and embody and being proud. I think that it's it's really something that we can hold on to for sure. Yeah. For sure.
1: Yeah if if we don't do it who else is going to yeah no it's
0: true <laughs> it's true yeah it's true no i absolutely love this i i think it's uh i think it's a great way to actually finish the 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 conversation that we're having and i think that's that that's really what i want people to start focusing on on top of all the little changes that you you shared and i think they're really really important and to build that and i think that what you said being Practical and trying to find something that works for you. And you know that you can include in your routine and in whatever you do. You know, don't Mm -hmm. go out and try to run for 45 minutes or run a Mm -hmm. marathon if you've never ran in your life. You know, just start walking. (laughs) It it will be perfect. It will give you what you need in there as well. But I think that the embodiment and the being proud of ourselves is really a strong message that we need to carry on.
1: Absolutely. Totally agree. Yeah. Nice.
0: Nice. I love this. Just before I ask you to present a bit of your business and what you do and how you help people, I wanted to know, and I wanted to know because I'm a big book lover, I wanted to know what's your favorite fiction and nonfiction book?
1: Ooh, okay.
0: That's a big question. Everyone I talked to was like, oh, I don't know Ooh. that one. <laughs> And well, I asked before, just to make sure, but everyone kind of... Ah, I'm
1: I saw it on your, your list of, I will probably ask you about this questions. And, and yeah, it's toughy. Most of the time, my favorite book is the last one I read.
0: That's good. What's the last one you read?
1: So uh, the, the one that I'm currently reading, and I'm eking out because I don't want to finish it, is uh, a Sharon Blackie, If Women Rose Rooted. And she has written quite a number of books now, and, and they are all worth getting. They're all Good. amazing. So that's uh, that's a non-fiction. Mm-hmm. Um, fiction, I, I love all of the Ian Rankin novels, which are based in Edinburgh, just up the road from me. Nice. Uh, crime, drama, bit of thriller. Um, yeah, and I can... I can picture all the the places where they go Mm -hmm. and, and being a local, it it means something to me and, um, Edinburgh has, has my heart anyway, because when I moved there, it was, um, a big, like I mentioned before, it was a big shift for me, Yes, part of the big changes that I was going through was this big country move, leaving my old life behind and, and, Mm -hmm. uh. And kind of creating my own story, so yeah, the the fiction comes around there as well. Yeah, <laughs> that's nice.
0: I, I love reading crime books. so I'll have to go and check for him for oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, that's what that's what I read most. It's like <laughs> we we go into. Uh, my husband is always like we go to movies and I see things coming before they happen. You know, he's like, did did you see some? Did you see it somewhere? <laughs> you know, that you know, I'm like. No, I read too many like crimes and thrillers. I think I can see coming like like a miles away. I'm like, oh, this is gonna happen. So mm, that's probably why, you know. And he's like, okay, how did you get that? I don't know.
1: Just <laughs> well me. practiced. That's another. That's another, exactly. that's another um, thing for for brain health. Actually, you know the the thinking of it as being a muscle that needs mm. needs reps. It needs practice It needs work. And um, yeah, all those sort of problem solving stuff. So crime, thrillers, plot lines and things um, that that can be quite stimulating for the brain. Um, I play the piano for the same reason to give my brain stimulus also because I love playing. But it it gives me that output of um, of stress and also Mm. an input for my brain to work on something quite difficult and um technical so yeah I'm solving stuff in my head like you're like you're absolutely. doing with the crime <laughs>
0: absolutely but we we don't think about doing these things as actually helping our brain you know because someone who would actually be playing piano for a long time might say well it's like mm-hmm. in me it's okay but trying a new piece or trying something different a new yeah. style actually helps you as well with uh with thinking about it that way and pushing your brain to problem solve. Yeah, Yeah. I like that as well. So finding ways also to get your brain to exercise. I like that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And it can be really fun. Yeah.
0: So before we go, I just wanted to, to share what you do. So a bit about your business, about how you work with your client, where they can find you. Don't worry. I'll put the links to everything in the show notes. Everything will be there because Angie sent me a long list. So I just, I don't want to miss anything. So everything will be in there, but just so people know where our listeners know where to find you and, and join the group because it's an amazing group as well.
1: Mm, yeah, thank you. Thanks. That'll be great to share those. There's there's plenty of ways to find me. I'm quite quite active online because most the majority ninety nine percent of my clients are online. They're they're off distant distant places, um. So I help them in this way. We talk. We talk it through. We find their solutions, and um, we talk about how. How they want to feel, how they feel now, how they want to feel, and how they're going to get there. So very, very practical, very mm-hmm. grounded. Um, so I'm basically helping them do menopause as naturally as they can, as naturally as they want to. And if some uh, medical support comes in on that, then we welcome it in. It's it's absolutely fine. Yeah. We bring it in. That's that's good. All of my stuff works for um, for people who who want to do it as self-supportive as they can and then other things stack on top of it whether that's herbs um, certain targeted supplements or um, then we get into things like Reiki and uh, energy healing mm-hmm. um, I use sound therapy as well and, and healing and singing bowls all sorts of things come into it so that we we take a A very holistic approach, holistic meaning mind, body, soul. So we don't leave anything out. It's got to be uh, a full 360 view in a, in a fun way, in a joyful way, because yeah, life should not be all serious.
0: No, no, even, even less on coaching calls. (laughs) That's that's for sure. Trying to find their own way and trying to find their own solution, I think is, is really, really important. That's what they support with. So it's, uh, and I like the fact that you say that. Well, if they go for medication, they go for medication. You know, it's just finding ways to help boost one or the other you know yeah and try to make it all work so the person gets the best out of it and yeah. function and proud and happy and live a, a happy life
1: yeah it's bringing them back to them feeling comfortable mm. in who they are where they're going where they are right now we'll use whatever we need to do to get there
0: yeah absolutely great I love this so I wanted to thank you very, very much for taking the time and being a, a guest today. And uh, everyone, if you want to go and look the show notes, all of the ways that you can reach out and and talk to Angie and talk to her uh, or come on into our amazing community where you can get some free help, I might say, because it's a free community on Facebook. Uh, so check the show notes and you will find all the information there. But thank you. Thank you very much for coming on the show.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: And that's it for episode four. I hope you got plenty of practical ideas that you can start implementing right away and that you did not forget to pick one that you can start implementing for the next 30 days. Here are the different ways that you can connect with Angie online. You can go to your internet browser and look her website up at www.nggarten.com. You can also find her on Facebook either with her personal page ng.garten.tree, or you can look for her free community, which is called Menopause Done Naturally, or you can look also at her Facebook biz page. Same thing, menopause done naturally. You can also look her up on Instagram and LinkedIn with the handle Angie Garten. Check the show notes for direct links to all the social media accounts that I just share with you. And please go and check because there's a lot more than what I just shared with you on this episode. If you enjoyed the episode... Please share it because the more conversation we start that we have around perimetopause, the better. You can also use the hashtag Brain on Strike on social media, on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, and on LinkedIn, and I will share the love. Have a great day.